Welcome to the Celebration Church Orlando podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope it encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning, you all. Good morning, you watching online. It is such an honor and a privilege for me to be here this morning sharing with you what I believe God has uh, for us on behalf of our pastors, Keith and Megan. I wanted to say welcome to the house of the Lord. My prayer uh, this morning is that you receive something fresh and anointed from God. Maybe even bolder than that, my prayer this morning is that you receive something you need, not only something you want. My name is Vinicius, but everybody here in the U.S. call me Vinny. Uh, I am 34 years old. I am married for life with my lovely wife, Juliana, right here. We have a daughter together. Uh, her name is Serena. She's three and a half years old, probably running around. Um, on March 10th, so a couple of months ago, I celebrated uh, 16 years in full-time ministry. Uh, what a journey. It has been a crazy and amazing life. And three out of those 16 years serving God here uh, with Celebration Church. It has been amazing. Songs of Summer, this is our uh, summer series. Colorful, upbeat, encouraging. I love the intro video you just watched in B-flat, if I am not wrong. Um, <laughs> but I really, really love it. And uh, the series, it will be all based on the book of Psalms. I don't know if you ever had a chance to read Psalms. I definitely recommend you to read. You can find it pretty much in the middle of your Bible. It's a collection of poetry divided in five little sections or five books. It used to be the hymnal of Israel. They used to sing those poems um, to exalt God, to encourage each other, and of course, to share experiences. It was really, really hard for me to pick one psalm for us to process this morning. I started with Psalm 50. I was like, it will be it. I was pumped about it. And then I changed it for Psalm 4. And then I changed it again for 133. And then I stayed there 133 for a couple of days. I was sure it would be 133. Change it for 137. Change it again for 139. And then after praying a lot, I believe I know what God wants us, uh, for us to be processing uh, together this morning. So I believe this will be a very, very challenging word for both of us. I would love to remind you something. Before I stand here in front of you trying to preach in English, uh, God shared this same word with me. So if this is challenging for you, this is also challenging for me. So bear with me as we try to figure out together what God has for us this morning. Amen? Amen. Psalm 84. I'm not changing anymore. <laughs> psalm 84. It will be it. It's a well-known psalm. And I would love us to process this together this morning. Psalm 84, it says... How lovely, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, 
Yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my, and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. Verse 10, it says, For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather to be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of weakness. If you are taking notes this morning, and hopefully you are, I titled this message as Love and Saudade. Love and Saudade. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you for the amazing opportunity we have this morning of being here in this house, worshiping you. We're so grateful for you, and we are so ready to receive your word. We open up our lives, we open up our hearts, we open up our ears, we're here for you. Please do what only you can do, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Psalm 84, we will be talking about verse 1, verse 2, verse 3, verse 4, and verse 10 of the psalm, but instead of starting there, instead of starting on verse 1, I would love to talk a little bit about the title of this psalm. If you have your Bible with me, your physical Bible with, with you, you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Most Bible versions, they give title, titles or names for chapters or specific portions of the Bible, and with psalms, it's not different. So each psalm in your Bible has a title, of course, depending on the Bible you are using. And this is very important because usually the title of the psalm summarizes what's the most important thing on that portion. It's very important to understand as well that those titles, they were not in the original languages, right? They were added later to make it, to make it easier for me and for you to read it. So every biblical version or every translation of the Bible has freedom to title the chapters or the portions of Scripture or the Psalms as they want. I really love how ESV has titled Psalm 84. The title of it is, My Soul Longs for the Courts of the Lord. I think it's beautiful. I think it's profound. I think it's romantic. My soul longs for the courts of the Lord. Amazing. But when I was reading my Bible in Portuguese, the title they have for Psalm 84, I think it's even more beautiful than that. The title of Psalm 84 in my Portuguese Bible is Saudades do Templo. Or Saudades of the Temple. Saudades. Can you repeat that word after me? Saudades. Oh, you sound amazing. I love your accent. 
saudades. It is very, very difficult for me to try to explain to you what saudade means. It is hard to even translate, what's, translate saudade because this word saudade, we only have that word in Portuguese. There is no equivalent of saudade in English, Spanish, or any other language. Saudade is a Portuguese word, hard to translate. I could try my best and tell you that saudade is miss something. So saudades of the temple will be, I miss the temple. But just because I know what saudade is, I understand that saudade is way deeper than just miss. There is a, a feeling attached to that word saudade. According to a bunch of different dictionaries, the definition of saudade is, saudade is a word for a state of intense longing for someone or something that is absent. Saudade is described as a kind of melancholic yearning. Saudade is a feeling of longing, desire, and nostalgia that is characteristics, characteristic of Brazilian temperament. That's saudade. So easy for me to understand, so hard for me to explain. But in order to make it even easier for you to understand, I would love to show you a couple of pictures. That's the first one I would love to show to you. Uh, this is me and my wife 15 years ago, right? We were 19 years old here. This is the first trip we took together. My parents, uh, they were with us and they took us uh, to this trip. And uh, at this time, we were dating for three months. And even though I love our current season, when I look back to this picture, it reminds me of a great season as well. And then I look at this, I feel saudade. Do you understand what I'm saying? Saudade of exchanging 300 text messages a day. <laughs> saudade of that flirting season. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? So I look at this and I feel saudade. I also feel saudade of the amount of hair I used to have <laughs> back then. Let me show you one more picture. This is my daughter, Serena. And she's three and a half years old now. And even though I love our current season with her, that season um, where they ask thousands of questions every day, uh, last week, she asked us, hey, what, what is sin? And then we're like, well, how, how do we explain to uh, this tiny little human a very complex theological concept? Even though I love the current season, when I look back at this, and I, when I look at Serena with one day old, I miss this. I miss interacting her for the first time. I miss the first time I hugged her. I had her in my arms. I miss this so very much. I even miss changing diapers, to be honest with you. Missing, saudade. I feel it, but it's so hard to explain. When I was 17 years old, I moved out of my parents' house and I enrolled myself into this uh, two years internship, Bible 
seminary ministry training program, for lack of a better explanation. It was a very, very intense Bible training, um, ministry training. So I moved out of my parents' house to be in this program. And this program was led for four Americans. They moved out of Tulsa, Oklahoma to Sao Paulo to lead us there. Jason Wilson, Paul Reddick, Shannon Bully, Melody Hall, they, they led us for two years. And it was an amazing time. We preached the gospel for thousands and thousands and thousands of people. We grew in our relationship. We became friends. They were probably one of the best leaders I've, I've ever had in my life. But when I, graduated, when I graduated two years later, it was time for two of them to move back to America. So Shannon and Melody, they decided to move back to United States, back to Tulsa, and we said, we said, bye, we said, thank you, farewell, I don't know if I will ever see you again, but I really appreciate you. Seven years later, 2014, my wife and I, we decided to come and visit America for the first time, and we came to visit Houston, Texas. Why Houston, Texas? I don't know. Not Los Angeles, not Orlando, not New York, it was Houston, Texas, don't want to talk about it. But we were there in Houston, Texas, and I knew Melody and Shannon, they used to live in that area, right? So I emailed in and I said, hey, I'm, I'm here, I'm in the U.S., do you want to meet? And they said, of course, we miss you so very much, let's do this. So we met at this zoo in Dallas, and we spent the entire day together. It was amazing. It was a great time. And then it was time to say goodbye again. At the end of the day, Melody had to head back home. And it was time to say goodbye. So I hugged her. The Brazilian type of hug, not the American type of hug. <laughs> I hugged her. And it was my opportunity to tell her, I think, hey, listen, thank you. I really appreciate you. You have no idea how much I missed you. You have no idea my saudade inside of me. Thank you so very much. I loved you. And as I was sharing my gratitude, as I was telling how much I missed her, as I was expressing my saudade, I started crying. And I don't know if you ever see me crying, but when I cry, I lose my dignity, okay? <laughs> I, I cry like a baby. And then I'm, I'm, I am right there with my family at this zoo in Dallas, hugging this American, crying like a baby. A bunch of other Americans around me asking who died. Well, nobody died. It was just me trying to express my saudade. I was possessed by this feeling of saudade. I just, I just, I, I don't know when I'm going to see you again. It's been seven years since last time we were together. I saudade you. Shannon was around, and Shannon was just watching, kind of crying a little bit, but his wife, she was like, what's happening? <laughs> she was in shock. Why he's crying, I don't understand. And then I love what Shannon told her. Shannon said, he's crying out of saudade. It will be very hard for me to explain to you what it is. But when I was there in Brazil, I learned about this feeling called saudade. What you're seeing is just saudade. The title of this psalm is Saudade of the Church. Saudade of the Temple. So whoever wrote Psalm 84 had this intense saudade 
for the church. He wanted to go back to the time he was at the house of the Lord. The title of the psalm summarizes what's most important in a psalm. So the psalm is all about missing the church. Missing the house of the Lord. Right under the title of Psalm 84, we have in your Bible who wrote the psalm. And for this one, the 84, it was not David. It was not Moses. It was not Azaph who wrote this psalm. It was the sons of Korah. And then you would ask me, Vinny, who are they? Who are the sons of Korah? Well, I'll tell you. They are Israelites from the tribe of Levi. You know, in the Old Testament, the tribe of Levi, they were responsible for serving God in the temple. They were responsible for taking care of the church. And that family specifically, the sons of Korah, the Bible tells me in Second Chronicles that the King David, that I believe he was some type of planning center administrator of that time, King David scheduled that family to serve God in the temple with two responsibilities. Second Chronicles chapter 9, it says, The sons of Korah, they were responsible for being the singers in a church and for being the doorkeepers in a church. King David scheduled and Hey, guys, for now on, you guys, sons of Korah, you guys are going to be the singers. You guys are going to be the doorkeepers of the temple. The Jewish tradition, it tells us that in the Old Testament, when someone was, was scheduled to serve, they were scheduled once a year for seven days. So once a year for seven days, they had to go to Jerusalem to be the singers of the house and the doorkeepers of the church. Once a year for seven days, they need to pause everything they're doing. They need to stop everything they're doing. They need to cancel every single appointment in their agenda to go to Jerusalem to serve God for seven days. Vinny, why Jerusalem? Well, because they didn't have lots of churches back then, right? It was just one church. And that church is located in Jerusalem. So they had to go there. The moment the sons of Korah wrote Psalm 84, they moment, the moment they, they wrote this poem or song, they were far from Jerusalem. They were not there. They were missing the temple. They had saudade. They are thinking like, well, what's, what's the next opportunity for me to go back to Jerusalem to serve, to serve the church? I was scheduled 14 months ago, and now I'm so ready to go back there. I love that place so much. I have saudades of it. I wish I could be there right now. I wish I could go back to church because I have saudades. I know I'm supposed to be scheduled once a year to serve seven days. I'm so far from Jerusalem right now, but what I'm feeling, let me write about it. I'm feeling saudades. I would give everything to go back to church. I would do everything to go back to the temple. Have you ever felt saudade for the church? I felt saudade for the church when COVID hit us in March of 2020. 
And all of a sudden, our doors are closed. Our temples are closed. We are isolated from each other. And I, th I thought with myself back then, I miss my church. I miss my community. I miss being in the house of the Lord. And we waited six months to be back to God's house. From March to September, we waited six months to be back to the house of the Lord. Well, I have good news for you. I have great news for you, actually. We don't need to wait months and months again. You can be here whenever you want. You don't need to feel saudades of the church. Do you know why? Because our doors, they are opened. What a privilege. What a privilege I have. What a privilege you have. We can be here every single Sunday. We can sing His praises as loud as we, as we want. We can read our Bibles. We can share our testimonies. How many people in the world dream with the day they will be able to go to the church? We have this privilege. Not once a year. Not only for seven days. It's available for me. It is available for you. Our doors are open, so welcome to the house of the Lord. God is here. Jesus is here. Look around. Your brothers and sisters, they are here. So you and me, we should take advantage of this privilege, and we should attend. We should take advantage of this privilege, and we should attend when it's summer or winter. We should take advantage of this privilege and we should attend when it's a beautiful day or a rainy day out there. We should attend when it's Easter Sunday or just a regular Sunday on the second week of August. We should attend at 9 a.m. or 10.30. We should attend with expectations. We will find Jesus in this place. We should attend understanding that the church is the hope of the world. We should attend when we are tired because guess what? He will renew your strength. We should take advantage of this privilege and we should attend even when we don't want because we live by faith, not by feelings. We should take advantage of this privilege and attend even when we are disappointed because this is a house of healing. We should attend, attend understanding that Jesus doesn't have a mission for Celebration Church. Jesus doesn't have a mission for Celebration Church. We should, attending, we should attend understanding that Jesus has Celebration Church for his mission. Amen. We should attend focus on Jesus. We should attend because he is here. We should attend because Jesus is here. And we are here for him. And him alone. So you can come. You can attend. You can be here. This place is available for you. Not once a year. Not only for seven days. The sons of Korah, they would be jealous of us. They would be jealous of myself and you. While they are far from Jerusalem, far from the church, apart from community, writing about it. 
Writing about it, writing one day at your courts, oh Lord, is better than a thousand elsewhere. Just one day, I would trade a thousand days for one day in your church. The sons of Korah would be very jealous of us, but not only then. Not only the sons of Korah. All the Israelites would be very jealous of us. Because a Jew from any other tribe, so not a Levite, they used to go to Jerusalem three times a year. For the main three Jewish feasts. Pentecost, Tabernacle, Passover. Just three days a year. They used to go to Jerusalem to worship God. The trip, it was long, right? They live far from Jerusalem. The trip was long. So the tradition says that as they travel, they used to sing psalms. And one of the psalms they used to sing was Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. It's better one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Traveling to Jerusalem, singing how amazing it is to be at God's church. The Bible calls this type of psalms pilgrimage psalms. Pilgrimage psalms. They loved the church. They wanted to be in church. They missed being in church. And you know what's very interesting to me? Listen to this. They wanted to be in God's house regardless of adversity. Do you know why? Because the Jerusalem is far. The majority of them live far away from Jerusalem. Actually, tradition believes the majority of them lives 60 miles away from Jerusalem. But they just want to go to church. They decided to go to church regardless of adversity because I know it takes time to travel, right? It takes time to travel 60 miles. And back then, they didn't have Teslas. <laughs> so they're just riding their donkeys going to Jerusalem. This trip takes weeks, sometimes three weeks to get there. It is dangerous to go to Jerusalem. Bad things can happen on the way. It costs money. They need to provide for themselves, for their family, for their, their animals. It takes priority to go to Jerusalem, right? It's like, well, I want to go to church, so I'm going to block my schedule here. Because my priority is going to the house of the Lord. So the question that immediately comes to my mind is, do I love God's house like this? Do you love God's house like this? Do we love God's house like this? Because if I'm comparing myself with them, for them, it takes 60 miles to get to the church. For me, 9.4 miles. For them, it takes two or three weeks to get there. For me, 17 minutes. For them, it's very dangerous. Not for me, unless you consider I-4 a dangerous place. <laughs> for them, it costs money. For me, it costs probably $4.67 for gas. But for them and for me, it takes priority. I want to be there. Do I love God's house like this? Do you love God's house like this?
in 2008, I had a chance to preach at this church so far away from my house. Very far. So we took a bus. My wife was with me at, at, at the time. She was not my wife, just my girlfriend. Uh, pretty much that Vinny and Juliana version you saw up there. We took a bus in Sao Paulo. 26 hours later, we got into the city called Vitória da Conquista. We stayed there for a couple of days. We took one more bus, and then we took a car. And then we got there into the city called Formosa, one of the poorest cities of Brazil. 400 people living there. They, used, they called that city the, des the desert of Brazil. Nobody wants to go there. So far away from everything. We got there probably 10.30 at night, and I was so ready to go to my hotel. I was tired, but guess what? There is no hotel. There is no utilities, actually. There is no electricity, no water, barely. They don't, have, they don't even have food. So they took me to this shack, for lack of a better term, maybe more like a tent, to stay the night. And I just prayed. I said, God... Uh, I think I need you. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to sleep. But I fell asleep. I woke up very early the next day, next day, and I had two scorpions on my blanket. I was like, my gosh, what's happening here? I think it's time for, for me to take a bath. But guess what? There is no bathroom, right? There is only this tiny little lake that is drying up. So I decided to go there. I took a shower or a bath or whatever you call it. It, it was so cold. And then I was like, okay, I think it's time for me to prep for my message tonight. And then I, I prepare myself for the message. God gave me a song that I wrote that day. That song was uh, recorded for an artist in Brazil a couple years later. And then at night, I think it was 5 p.m., someone stopped at the shack and said, Vinny, are you ready to go to church? I said, I'm so ready to go to church. So we decided to walk there. And then we walked, 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 walked. <laughs> And then at some point, I was just brave enough to ask, hey, how far is the church? And then he said, it's one hour and 20 minutes walking. <laughs> and of course, inside of me, I was just asking myself this question, what am I doing here? We got to the church, the tiniest church I've ever seen in my life. Just a couple of chairs and one candle. No speaker, no sound system, no microphone, no screen, no sea kids, no parking, no nothing. And I was just there waiting for 40 people to show up. They did show up. And I've never seen so much joy in my life. They live in the, in the end of the world, but they were so ready to go to the house of the Lord. If it took me one hour and 20 minutes to walk there, I'm pretty sure it took them an hour and a minute to walk there as well. They were so ready to worship God. They were ready to see each other, to hug each other, to pray for each other. They were ready to hear the word of God. They were full of joy because they had saudade of that church. And now they had an opportunity to be there to worship God. They were so ready and I was so embarrassed of myself because I didn't want to be there. They would trade any place to be in God's house. And sometimes I get the impression that in our culture, we trade God's house for any place. 
Serena, last night, my daughter, we put her down to sleep. And one hour later, we checked the monitor, and she was up. And usually, she fell asleep pretty, pretty, pretty quickly. She was up, and then Juliana went there, and she was, she was having a hard time to sleep. And then a couple minutes later, I was there. I went there, and I just lay with her. And I was just trying to have a conversation. Hey, daughter, tells me why you're, why you're not sleeping. Why, why you're having a hard time right now. Do you know what she told me? In her own little half Portuguese, half English vocabulary, she said, I don't want to sleep. I want to go to church. She knew she would be here this morning. We, ate, we wake her up every Sunday at 5.20 to be here. And she wakes up full of joy, excited, anxious to go to church. Do I love God's house like this? Do you love God's house like this? I'm not preaching this message for it to be a burden for you. I'm just sharing this with you so we, so we can evaluate ourselves. Because one thing I know for sure is I want to be like them. I want to be like the sons of Korah. I want to be like Serena. I want to be like that church in Formosa in the end of the world. I want to desire to be here. But more than that, I want to figure out why they wanted to go to church so badly. So based on Psalm 84, I think they, the sons of Korah, they have five lessons to teach us. Five little things. And I think those lessons will help us understand why they wanted to be at church so much. And this is lesson one. They wanted to go to the house of the Lord because they loved it. Can you repeat after me? They loved it. Vinny, are you this type of preacher? Yes, I am. I'm sorry. Yes, they loved it. Verse 1 says, How lovely is your dwelling place, our Lord of hosts. My soul longs. Yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. They wanted to go to the house of the Lord because they love the church. They love it. They want to go to the house of the Lord not because it was part of their, their religion. They want to go to the, to the house of the Lord not only out of habit. Not with this feeling like, well, this is what we do every year or every Sunday. They wanted to go to the, to the house of the Lord not because they were scheduled on planning center. They wanted to go to the house of the Lord and it was not because they didn't have anything else better to do. They wanted to go to the house of the Lord and it was not because their favorite preacher would preach that day. They wanted to go to the house of the Lord because they loved the house of the Lord. They love it. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. Can you say that this morning? They love the house of the Lord. And they, lo they love the Lord of the house. Have you noticed that we tend to be close to the things we love? So what I'm talking about this, this morning is not only about attending the church. It's deeper than that. 
I'm talking about loving the church. Do you love it? How do you show it? Love is not a feeling. Love is an attitude. Do you love it? And how do you show it? Lesson two, they wanted to go to the house of the Lord because it is a place of protection and belonging. They wanted to go to the house of the Lord because it is a place of protection and belonging. Look what they said, they said in verse 2. They said, even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts. And there is a different possibility of translation for this verse. Many scholars believe we should translate this verse like this. Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young at your altars. I find, found your altars, Lord of hosts. The sparrow found a home. The swallow found a nest. I, I found your church. I found your church. He's comparing himself with the sparrow and comparing him, himself with the, the swallow. The sparrow found a home. The swallow found a nest. I found your altars. I found my place as well. I found your church. And even more deeper than that, what he's saying is the sparrow found a home. He's talking about a sense of belonging. The swallow found a nest. He's talking about a sense of protection. And he's saying, I found your altars. In your church, I found protection. In your church, I found peace. In your church, I find my place. I belong here. This is what he's saying. I want to go to the church because I belong to the church. This is a place I can open up myself. This is a place I can be vulnerable. This is a place I can come as I am. Depressed, I come. Full of problems, I come. Wicked questions, I come. Brokenhearted, I come. Because here, in your courts, O oh Lord, I found protection. I found a place for myself. I belong here. Lesson three. They wanted to go to the house of the Lord because it is a place full of joy. It's a place full of joy. Verse 3, it says, blessed are those who dwell in your house. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. This word blessed can also be translated as full of joy are those who dwell in your house. It can also be translated as happy are those who dwell in your house. Guys, how many times I show up here with problems? How many times I show up here with questions? Sad, frustrated, and in the middle of the service, God turned my sorrow into joy. How many times it happened? Psalm 122, he says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go. Let us go to the house of the Lord. We're so happy because we can go there. And when we got there, we're going to find more joy and more happiness. This place is full of joy. I can prove it to you. Take a look at this. This is our church. 
Do you know what I see? I see joy. I see happiness. I want to be in his house because this house is full of joy. Lesson four, I'm almost done. They wanted to go to the house of the Lord because it is a place for community. Verse three, it says, blessed are those who dwell in your house ever singing your praises. Blessed are those. Blessed are those. It's plural. He's not talking blessed is the one who goes. He's talking about blessed are those. He's talking about community. He's talking about us right here. Because church is a place for community. Church is a place for you to find friends. Now I'm going to prophesy for you, Jasmine. Church is a place for you to find a husband. <laughs> oh my gosh. I apologize in advance. She was baptized in the Holy Spirit right now. Church is a place for you to find friends. Church is a place for you to connect with someone. Church is a place for you to care for someone and to be cared. Church is a place where you find someone that will pray for you and is a place that you will pray for somebody. Because you are my community, I want to tell you this, I am here for you and I expect you to be there for me. Because church is a place for community. When we moved to America, do you know what was the first thing we decided to do? Find a church to go. Because we needed community. Do you know where you will find it? Right here. In church. The author of Hebrews, he wrote on chapter 10, he said, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Not neglecting, not neglecting, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some. What the author is saying is, let's get together because church is all about community. Don't do life alone. Lesson number five. And I'm sorry if I'm preaching with, with passion. Uh, it feels like I'm working out here. <laughs> Point five and last one. They wanted to go to the house of the Lord because it's a place to serve. Look what the Bible says on verse 10. For a day in your courts, it's better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather to be a doorkeeper in the house of my God. I told you, they were scheduled to be singers and the doorkeepers. And what they're saying here is, I want to be to your house, I want to be there in your house because it's a place for me to serve. It's a place for me to invest my talents, my time, my money in something that is eternal. You are planting seeds here. When you lead a song, when you take care of a kid, when you help someone to park, when you hug someone, when you encourage someone to fill out a connect card, you are planting seeds. You are serving the God of the church, and this is an eternal seed. They wanted to go to the house of the Lord because the house of the Lord is a place to, see, to serve. What you do here matters. And guess what? We're having serve day in July 16th. What a great opportunity for us to serve. I want to end this message by saying this. I 
I love this place. And I believe you love this place. But I want to see in my life, and I want to see in your life, are growing for this church. Not only celebration, I'm talking about God's church. I want to see this love growing and growing and growing and growing and growing. So we can say what David said in Psalm 23, verse 6. He said, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want to be someone who comes to church because I love it. I want to be someone who comes to church because this is a place of protection and I belong here. I want to be someone who comes to church because this place is full of joy. I want to be someone who comes to church because you are my community. I want to be someone who comes to church because this is a great opportunity for us to serve the living God. Do you love the church of Jesus? Do you love God's church? How do you show it? God, we're so thankful for this time together. We love you so very much. This is your house. This is your place. And this is our prayer this morning. Let our love for your, lo for your house grow inside of us. We want to be like the sons of Korah. And we want to be brave and bold enough to say one day at your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. This is a place for us to serve. This is a place where we have our community. This is a place full of joy. This is a place of protection. I belong to this place. This is a place I want to love with everything I am and everything I have. We want to love you. And we want to love your house. Let us be encouraged with this word. And let this love for you and for your house grow inside of us as we serve you with everything we have. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can you put your hands together for Jesus? Thank you so much. Thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and review and share what you heard today. If you'd like more content like this, or you'd like to connect with us, go to celebrationorl.org. We hope you join us next time.